it is time to tune up the band and knuckle up, partner, for it is another Sweet Chinwag podcast. I am Sam, and as ever, joined in this wacky world of professional wrestling by Dan and Reardon, and also joined by a very special guest. He is a stand-up comedian, content creator, all Japan aficionado, and all-around awesome person. Yes, I have been talking about this guy and singing his praises ever since I think about episode three of the podcast, and finally I managed to get him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Joseph Monticilio. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Stand-up comedian. Haven't heard that one in relation to me in like a while. <laughs> I wanted to give like grand, grandiose kind of like uh, Apollo Creed Rocky Four intro. Every possible title that we could find. <laughs> so, so you, you gotta, you gotta dig make, up the archives. You better, you better, you better start being funny, Joe. Otherwise, we're gonna have problems here. What's that? You did no. stand-up comedy. You did a stand-up show. Once, put that on the list. Yeah. <laughs> So, Got to cut out the resume. <laughs> so how are we, gents? How how have you been this week? What's good, partner? <laughs> it's, it's it's been a pretty good week, you know. Yeah. Running around doing our stuff. I we got I got a couple I got a I got some stuff for um the recommendation corner before we get started. So you know <laughs> we'll do that. I, I I've been delving into the world of the worldwide <laughs> wrestling RPG. <laughs> nice. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink for future content there, yeah, Dan. <laughs> Shameless plug. Hey, Shameless look, plug. I'm I'm doing this for my own fun, but also for content. <laughs> Being a content creator is right. <laughs> it did. How did you sh- have? Did you have to get so real so quickly, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's basically true. Nothing. Once you start the content game, like everything you used to do for fun is like research. <laughs> have to figure out how to channel this into a way to like, have an opinion like, yeah. on it. Yeah. Did I just did I decide that actually a time I was going to use for productive working was replaced by watching a bunch of Kawada matches? Yes, but technically it constitutes research for anything we might be doing in the future. Yeah. Indeed, it did. Well, that's the excuse I'm using now. Ever since we started this, yeah, that's what I mean. I was there, and I was like, ah, oh, yes, I'm watching. I'm spending two hours watching these matches for research. No, Dad, this isn't real. <laughs> you're doing profession. an episode on Eddie Kingston. I need an understanding of the context. <laughs> Alrighty then, uh, as ever, we give you this podcast. Thanks to those lovely people over at SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And as we always like to say, forever pending other platforms. <laughs> always be pending. It's the reason why we got that quote on a shirt. <laughs> mm-hmm. Alright, before we head on to this episode all about the Mad King himself, let's visit Dan for this week's Wrestling news. Dun, 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 dun. Wrestling news. Smooth, professional. Smooth. <laughs> yes. We've got that timing on lock. Mm. Uh, so let's start off with everyone's favorite mess of a show with a billion dollar budget Monday Night Raw. Um, <laughs> and let's just say Alexa Bliss keeps winning, doing fantastic character work. Don't think anything's changed. Uh, at this point, it just remains to be seen what happens with the Rumble. Mm. Um, it does leave a lot of <clears> questions <throat> as to where is the rest of the Raw Women's Division? I don't oh, know. Um, <laughs> obviously, as good as mine. the Firefly Funhouse has collected them all. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> um, 
but then continuing on, uh, we now have the kind of Mustafa Ali versus Kofi Kingston feud that's kind of bubbled through social media into the product itself because they've realized, oh, that's actually a thing that we can do. <laughs> it confuses me as to why this has already been social media exclusive and why this might, why this isn't on raw television. Because <laughs> Mustafa Ali was talking truth. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, th- there's the old the chestnut. <laughs> I've seen the light. Um, and then this is just a final note, just to say from from the last match, which uh, was AJ Styles versus R-Truth, that um, I, if anyone needs a reminder, AJ Styles is obnoxiously good at what he does. I don't think there's a whole lot else to really say about it. He is just that good. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, obnoxiously good, full stop. AJ Styles' career in general. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moving over to NXT, though. uh, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart advance in the Women's Dusty Cup. Um, I probably would like to see a little bit more use for Marina Shafir going ahead. I think she's got Mm. a lot of legs to future talent. Mm. Uh, In regards to (laughs) talent, though... uh, Mako Satamura signing for NXT UK is is huge for them. Yeah, that is one. I know that has been like rumored really ever since she appeared in the May Young Classic, but I it it, it I it still comes as a massive surprise to me because if anyone knows me, I'm a huge fan of Mako Satamura, uh, one of my favorite Joshi wrestlers of all time. So. I think the contract details of her signing as well is very unique in that not only is she going to be in NXT UK in a player coach type role, but she also gets to keep her role as president of uh, Sendai as well. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I feel like she is one of the people that probably has the power to make that kind of agreement. Well, she was also one of those wrestlers that was rumored to be part of the potential NXT Japan expansion mm, before yeah. COVID destroyed that plan for the good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess she's just uh, going to be sucked up into the other NXT international expansion. Yeah. Uh, oh, NXT UK, how much potential do you have, but still no one watches you? <laughs> <laughs> it's true, except maybe like once a year when Walter has like a big match. Oh, yeah. Man. It's, as a British wrestling fan, or from our perspective, it is absolutely heartbreaking to see to see what happens at NXT UK. Especially heartbreaking thing is that sometimes even NXT UK is difficult to find to watch in the UK. Yeah. Considering it's a UK product. <laughs> like, that should be on Channel 4 or something. Because oh, A, it's on a channel you have to pay to have access to. Um... But but B like they show it at like awkward times even uh, still even though it's a UK product I think it's eleven thirty p.m. at Something night they like show that. NXT Something. UK Something ridiculous like that yeah um, <laughs> Continuing on though MSK get the win over Maverick and Dane again we're predicting uh, MSK or the Rascals as they probably should be known but WWE <laughs> has to do the name changes to keep copyrights and trademarks. <laughs> um, <laughs> going against grizzled young veterans in the final like uh, as an aside i would love to see one of the if they ever <laughs> which is never going to happen they bring up their treehouse uh, segments into nxt 
I would love to see a Bizarro World Treehouse segment with Vince McMahon <laughs> and the Rascals. Now you're talking my language. <laughs> God. Um, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez get the win over Aaliyah and Jessica Kamiya. You know, Aaliyah has been in NXT for like something like five years now. Damn. Really? Damn. She's been in there for ages. Yeah, actually, no, yeah, it would be around that time, wouldn't it? <clears throat> I didn't even realize. Um, Grizzly Young <laughs> Veterans get the win over Kushida and Leon Ruff. They're attacked by Gargano and Fury afterwards with Dexter Loomis standing there doing his menacing stare. Uh, I, again, like basically this is just when are Gargano and Kushida going to have the match? And the answer is Kushida should have the match very soon and should win. Yes, but again, common sense with WWE does go out the window sometimes. That is true. I can't argue that fact. <laughs> uh, Tyler Ross wins and Malcolm Bivens stays winning both in the wrestling and social media world absolutely like I, I love the man so much <laughs> as I said the modern incarnation of Bobby Heenan and people will soon realise that for Malcolm Bivens uh, Finn Balor and Kyler Riley team up against Lorcan and Birch great tag team work between them it's two fantastic wrestlers teaming up together <laughs> mm. like, i i, I don't know what i don't know what difficulty they could be <laughs> yeah it reminds me seeing what we'll, we'll continue going with it um champa and fat just seem to be staying a team and bronson reed continues his slow rise up the card with gradual wins but uh the big one for nxt is obviously we've been made aware of the nxt india expansion uh, and so they recently hosted the Superstar Spectacle to basically introduce some of the, uh, I guess, the mainline talent that will be featured, that will be kind of the primary main event features of NXT India. Mm. Uh, introducing us to kind of one, you know, one person across the vague spectrum of wrestling styles. <laughs> like you had... Guru Raj, the high flyer, Jeet Rama, the kind of tech, the technician, and then like your two giant wrestlers, and then the one women's talent they could feature because unfortunately, um, Kavita Devi couldn't be at the event. Mm. Um, now here's the question, and this is like a this is a half serious question How is Bollywood gonna get involved in this? Well, they made numerous references to the fact that two of the people on the show had been in Bollywood movies. No, no, that's not good enough. <laughs> Other than that, though, I can't tell you any major specifics. Oh, I demand some... I'm sure <laughs> some kind of interaction, but to kind of give you a rundown, you had Finn Balor versus Guru Raj. Guru Raj was sort of being kind of a more high-flying, fast-paced wrestler. Um, fairly good showing. I think mm. across the board it was fairly good, although it was kind. Of, it was fairly clear that a lot of them were quite green in the ring still. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were kind of working within limitations. Um, you know, a lot. A lot of that was especially true in the match with uh, Giants and Jeer and Dilcha Shanky, which I, I in the ilk of the Great Carly. <laughs> The two of them being a combined 14 foot and 2 inches. Dude, Needs more brain chops. Um, <laughs> but, like, I will say, they were they seem much more competent in the ring than Carly did at the time of his introduction. Not that that's a necessarily gigantic bar. Um, but 
you know, they, they didn't seem too awful. They also had Ricochet and Rey Mysterio there to make it a bit more interesting for people watching. <laughs> <laughs> um, although, to be fair, my my real highlight out of the event was Jeet Rama. Um, I mean, I get the idea they're probably going to sell him almost like an Indian version of Kurt Angle. Um, I get that. They, yeah. they kept referencing his background in traditional um, Indian wrestling um kind of going technician style on you know one one on one on the mat with AJ Styles so mm. i think he could be a pretty solid kind of easy early babyface champion yeah yeah in the kind of Kurt Angle ilk although i don't really know that he's got the same personality as Kurt although very few people do <laughs> he needs a euro continental run <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be the the Indo-Continental. The subcontinental run, I guess. I mean that no. that actually brings up a very legitimate or valid question about NXT India. Will it have its own main kind of title? Um well, I, I presume that. it will. Yeah, yeah. I presume NXT UK so. has its own one. Which means it's gonna have to compete with the UK championship in terms of grandiose design, which knowing India they probably will, will beat it. <laughs> yeah, it, it was gonna like I. I imagine those belts are gonna look pretty sweet if they do it right. But yeah, so a lot, a lot of it opens up questions to you know, will this become WWE's uh, hub for Asian expansion? Will this be their home to kind of put uh, Asian talent from across South and East Asia? Mm. Um. I think it's definitely a possibility whether they're going to use it as a purely developmental base mm. um, or whether it's going to become like a... I mean, they've said it will be a, it will have its own show available on the WWE Network. Mm. Uh, so it kind of remains to, to see where everything will kind of develop out of, what it will kind of become. But uh, I have to say, from, from the early signs, I'm, I'm fairly impressed. And I think they've got fairly strong talent that's got a bit of a way to go yeah but i think they i think they've got given the correct amount of time and focus they could get something quite nice out of it hmm i i i i'd agree with you on that one uh so let's go into smackdown starting off hot aj Styles versus daniel bryan fantastic <laughs> I mean, is there on. anything else we need to say about these two? <laughs> nah. Come on, it's Brian. All of us here love Brian. One I mean, of us I here mean, made an hour mean... documentary on Brian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, he he said the final, the last word that ever needs to be said on Brian. It's done. It's over. I sure hope so. There's there's still like weird amounts of debate around Brian. I think someone on Twitter earlier uh, was getting on my case about uh, me rating. Uh, this AJ versus Brian match a little too high, and they're probably right. But at the same time, I'm not really going to apologize for giving too many points to Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Yeah, it was it. I, I, they were a great match, but I, it, it makes me laugh how this morphed. This one match, yeah. singles match, morphed into a six man match, which then digivolved into a ten man match. Like. F trying to follow the highlights the next day from the YouTube channel, I was like, oh, there was a six-man and a ten-man match? What's going on here? And I, like, start off with the AJ, with the AJ Daniel Bryan match, and I go on, and I'm like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> then, huh? 
I think it's the kind of uh, piece of TV, though, that really illustrates what kind of separates Brian from the rest of the pack. Because through mm. all the segments, all the different matches, uh, from the singles into like the six-man into the ten-man, you notice that he was kind of like the only solid narrative thread going through all of them, especially when he was selling his leg yeah. through the entire like last half hour of the show and it's it's like bringing little stuff like that to something as you know pretty meaningless in the grand scheme of things as just this uh big show to lead to the rumble it, it's stuff like that that really elevates him mm. it does leave a lot of questions as to who's going to be winning the rumble Oh, don't um, worry. We'll get to that. <laughs> oh, no. This is um, the first year in so long I'm invested. <laughs> um, I'm horrified. Um, We're all horrified, Josh. Yeah. We're genuinely all... so scared for Literally, every, like, everyone here at the Sweet Gin Web podcast have been just kind of like... I've been watching it. I've been watching the build-up, like the Cuban Missile Crisis. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how this is going to shake out. It's extremely volatile as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was just. I saw that one report with that one quote, and I was just like, "No, <laughs> please." Right. Here's here's a little tidbit for everyone listening. We're recording this on Saturday. This goes out on Monday, so it'll be fun listening to this. Knowing the information we know on the Monday of who's won yeah. the Rumble. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, moving on, though, with SmackDown, we had uh, Bianca Belair versus Bailey. Uh, great little bits of transition. Great win. Uh, great win for Bianca. Um, I guess the big question is, will they go for uh, Bianca versus Banks uh, at Mania? We know WWE has a very specific dislike of the concept of a face versus face match but honestly i think the writing's on the wall that they have to do it yeah i mean it seems over the past couple of weeks with the way they've been kind of going about it they're putting a lot of stock on bianca belair so uh, my hope is that that would probably be the case um she deserves it she's really good like really good um and that could make for a pretty darn good match. I'm saying this not trying to mention a certain wrestler who is on... <laughs> well, all right, the Omni Flair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying not to say Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania wins. Hey! Charlotte Flair wins lol. <laughs> um, WWE getting in their little hello fellow kids moment by having John Morrison mention GameStop stocks. Wow! How do you do, wow. fellow children? That is, that is. We are often with the times. That is fascinating to behold. What is everyone's general opinion of pop culture references like that in WWE, especially okay. backstage segments? So it, it's kind of it's kind on... of a thing that I've been talking on recently, and we'll talk about it once we get to a little bit of discussion about the Rumble. But like wwe as a whole has spent so long being out of the cultural consciousness <laughs> that i appreciate them trying to get themselves back into it yeah <laughs> I, I my thing is like it, yeah it's of that and uh it depends on the wrestler doing it it really like it really yeah, like does john morrison talking about stock seems weird to me <laughs> yeah if the was... man who wears sunglasses with 
rhinestone crosses on them. If it was Urban R. like <laughs> It always feels like it kind of uh, does depend on who is saying it, because it's like a common tactic or, you know, um, strategy <laughs> for a promo, like going back decades to kind of uh, input current events or pop culture into promo. So mm-hmm. it can either be incredibly cringeworthy or it'll just seem smooth smooth and seamless. So, you know, it really yeah. depends. <clears throat> I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if someone like Sami Zayn mentioned it, yeah. I probably wouldn't have been against it, be it that he's in the middle of his whole conspiracy character. And am I right in saying that WWE is on the stock exchange? Yes. Definitely so. <laughs> yes, they are publicly traded. Right, I'm not saying everyone to buy shares in WWE, but you know. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh, I mean, God. I can. That's why no, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> quickly, Dan, um, next segment. <laughs> quickly. Before yeah, just, just finally, honest. though, is obviously looking at the end of that kind of 10-man match and then having Braun Strowman appear, uh, kind of defeating the purpose of the match, but, you know. I'm not expect I'm not expecting anything crazy. So it, it just kind of leads us into our discussion of of the rumble. Um and where things kind of lie with it because it's all a bit of a weird kind of sticky situation that they're all in. <laughs> um because theoretically Raw needs the winner, but mm. all the favorites are on SmackDown <laughs> <laughs> until you get to like the number 4 spot. <laughs> Um, yeah. And then we had the report about a finish that is legitimately scary and is getting legitimate consideration, which has one of which has two people's names attached to it, <laughs> both of them terrifying in the grand scope, and not in the good sense either. <laughs> no. Uh, well, the two supposed finishes behind that legitimately scary conclusion are either Brock winning and winning at Mania. Or Goldberg losing to Drew, winning the Rumble, and facing Drew at Mania. <laughs> I, I, oh, I would Which say are, thoughts uh, and feelings on this, but I think we all know. <laughs> the the stunt but I, but like, I have to say, though, giving Daniel Bryan the Rumble win about seven years too late and with no crowd seems like the exact thing they would do. <laughs> of course it is. And <laughs> yes. it's, you know... It it's the one shadow that's been hanging over the rumble for the last half a decade. And of course it's this year of all years <coughs> where it feels like it's the right time to do it. <laughs> and <laughs> I just want them for once to do the right thing. Yeah. That's that's pretty much what everyone is like. Everyone's like, yeah. please. Just do the right thing. <laughs> Invest in the future somehow. Yeah. Vince, Vince hearing all this. Do the right thing. Do the right thing. All right, Bill, you're up. <laughs> oh, God, God in heaven. I cry. <laughs> um, just going over to the women's match, though, um, a lot of people are saying it probably should be Bianca winning. Um, the only other option I really have in the same mind would be Rhea. But honestly, I think I'd be okay with, say, Rhea eliminating Charlotte and then Bianca winning just because it, it keeps the story alive and consistent anyway. And you give them a chance to rectify what happened before. Do you think Alexa Bliss has a chance as a weird dark horse? 
Potentially, yeah. But I, but I'm because I'm guessing that in the rumble they're gonna do some kind of spooky fiend bullshit. Mm. <laughs> so they're gonna get to like number nineteen, and then it's gonna be like all the lights go out, and then I don't know, Randy Orton's on the floor or something. With or without his El Santo mask, this is the question. Probably with the El Santo mask. I hope anyway. <laughs> or are you guys going with El Santo? I, I've seen people say it's more uh, the Destroyer. <laughs> also true. <laughs> Both valid choices. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I like I like El Santo, so I'm going to say El Santo. <laughs> El Rando. El Rando. El Rando. Um, but yeah, so I, I said that that might be a possibility, and that could be the case for um, that could be the case for Alexa Bliss. Mm. Um, but on honestly, though, I feel like if they re- if they go for anyone other than if they go for anyone other than Rhea or Bianca, I feel like they'll probably lose a lot of the goodwill. Hmm. Um, it certainly seems to have a, a certain section of people behind it, because basically everyone just wants people to get payback. <laughs> <laughs> Finish a storyline and commit to it, Vince. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just finally, though, um, going over to New Japan, uh, John Moxley appearing in New Japan Strong to attack Kenta. <laughs> Will we finally see a payoff? Maybe. <laughs> it's up in the air. <laughs> as 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 much as life has been up in the air, this this matches will be forever up. <laughs> we'll get to twenty twenty four. Joseph will be back on the podcast and be like, "Will John Moxley versus Kenta happen?" <laughs> Actually, happen. <laughs> Matt, I'll be like, "Jesus, this is a long build to this match." Because <laughs> like as much of it, as much of it has been like oh it's been really unfortunate they can't have the match it's just like okay but like when please just get this out of the way (laughs) because if they're doing all if they're doing all this talk about unifying the intercontinental and the iwgp heavyweight title without the u.s title there i have questions (laughs) Yeah, they've again. It's they. They've kind of put themselves in a uh, in a less than favorable situation, as I feel like New Japan has been in a less than favorable situation ever since Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. <laughs> and this is kind of just like, man, you bet. Well, Ghetto better know what he's doing <laughs> in terms of booking all this. They just ended up in a really, really unfortunate situation. I hope that they can get out of it. Here's the hope, because we all know, we we all know that they can they can do good, and they have up yeah. until I won't, last year I won't they get were started doing good. On, I won't get started on uh, Guido booking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, as as a new Japan fan, I hope, man, I hope this this that 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 they do you know turn it around. Maybe that is just wishful thinking on my part though <laughs> you're right there everything all right <laughs> you're right there dan <laughs> yes i'm good um with that though we are done with the news awesome all right, right. so recommendation corner i'm gonna hand it over very quickly to reardon yes very very quickly recommendation corner where i just where we just randomly recommend stuff that we're watching or listening to or whatever, whatever. Uh, I recommend Chip Starsky's Daredevil Run. 
which I have been reading. It is utterly fantastic. And as a Catholic makes me feel feelings. I always forget how much, how, how Daredevil sometimes is a bit too real for me. <laughs> because some of the things I'm like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't need this on my head. <laughs> um, going, continuing on with the Marvel theme, WandaVision. WandaVision is great. Mm-hmm. So if you have Disney Plus, check out WandaVision. It's getting weird very quickly. <laughs> and out of completely nowhere, a complete and utter seg- segue, the the famous 1970s World War II documentary, The World at War, which I got <laughs> ages ago, <laughs> watching it, it makes you think. And it's very in-depth. It's really good. It's probably one of, the, go. one of the best things BBC's ever done, and that's saying something for the BBC. I don't think it was the BBC, actually. I oh, no, it was um, ITV, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, well, yeah, Thames um, Granada, so, which would have been ITV at the time, yeah. <laughs> this is British television references that Joseph is just, like, he's <laughs> not getting at the come, you, Yeah, you come for the... You come, yeah, this is, this is how we work. We, you come for the wrestling, but you stay for the intricacies of British media. <laughs> and of course, one quick little recommendation for me, go subscribe to Joseph's channel. He's awesome. Oh, he yeah. does a lot of awesome stuff. Yeah, do that. It's a great, great channel. <laughs> he's got the recommendation of our subject as well, so you know he's good. <laughs> mm. <laughs> there's no there's no replacing that uh, particular trailer to my channel. It's, <laughs> I, I peaked so early with that particular endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> is that forever going to be your pinned tweet because if it were me yes that would be forever my pinned tweet i don't think there's anything else i could swap it out with <laughs> it's, it's just perfect it's the perfect introduction to what i do uh from just the most credible source damn i mean that's i mean again <laughs> that would pop me hard if that were me as well so i can't imagine what it was oh, i know it would <laughs> I remember your reaction when I told you that the uh, human tornado is following us on Twitter. <laughs> it's, hey, come on. What, what, what can you do? I am a massive fan of no, human tornado. I, lo- I loved it. It was great. All right. But with that, it is time to get on with this episode. Great wrestlers you never knew. Volume three. Eddie Kingston. Now, oh. This one is going to be a lot of fun and a very kind of different way we go about with this one because, as I said, I needed to represent a united front uh, for Eddie Kingston to Dan and Reed. <laughs> Hence why I got back up <laughs> for this one. Oh, so, this is going to be, as I say, we're going to go through the subjects as we usually do with great wrestlers, but uh, for the matches, Joseph is going to help me out providing a little bit more historical context to the matches and what led up to these specific matches in detail. So, first question, as ever for these ones, gonna word it a little bit differently, because it's usually, what did you know of said wrestler beforehand? But for Dan and Reardon, the question will be changed to, what did you know of Eddie Kingston before AEW? What did I know about Eddie Kingston? I knew that it was a guy that you couldn't stop raving about. (laughs) I knew that this episode would be an inevitability if only <laughs> for you to either say that we're doing it or for me to just go, okay, who is this guy you keep mentioning? Just <laughs> get on with it and tell me about him. <laughs> Other than that, I knew F and all about Eddie Kingston. 
Yeah, so I so I remember him from uh, and to give to give the the context around it, I'm going to say I remember watching him with my cousin uh, through questionably obtained videos of Chikara and CZW. <laughs> And most of how I remember him was that guy in Chikara that was fairly different from everyone else in Chikara. Because <laughs> <laughs> in terms of Chikara's mold, I wouldn't necessarily originally have thought of Eddie Kingston fitting in. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'll throw that question to Joseph as well, but I'll say, what did you know beforehand, before you his name became kind of a bit more noticeable to you? Um... Man, that that's going back a while. Uh, I've been following Eddie Kingston's career since about 2009 or so. I guess mm. my first uh, knowledge of him would have been probably from ROH on HDNet, I guess. Mm. Um, he wasn't like a huge part of that show, but just based on what I was watching at the time, that's most likely where I first saw him. Uh, he had a short run for the company in like 2009, so... That's probably where I first heard of him. And then uh, I would just uh, learn more about him once I started getting into Chikara around yeah. the same time. Yeah, that's pretty much how I kind of got to know a little bit more of Eddie Kingston uh, was from that. I think it was that one match he had against Kevin Steen in Ring of Honor. And then I went back yeah. a little bit more to look at his stuff that he did in the Indies and then in Chikara. <laughs> and uh, boy, I'm glad I did it. <laughs> because <laughs> he is uh he's an outstanding wrestler and probably one of the best promo guys in the business <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right then next thing is discussing each match i gave dan and reardon your thoughts and your ratings on them but as i said as we've got joseph here we're going to start with a little bit of his history behind the matches as well so our first match i gave dan and reardon was Eddie Kingston versus Chris Hero from AIW in 2014. Joseph, can you set the scene of what came to of what came of this match and how this was set up? Sure, this match is actually uh, kind of like an epilogue to their much discussed, much talked about rivalry from the 2000s. Uh, so at the time, they were famously heated rivals. Uh, primarily in CZW and Chikara. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of legitimate backstage heat between those two guys as well. They genuinely do not like each other, probably still to this day. <laughs> and this is uh, several years removed from the most famous parts of that feud. Uh, Hero is back on the indies. He's coming back from his first run with NXT. And Eddie Kingston... This is about a couple, a few years after he had already won uh, the Chikara Grand Championship. He sort of cemented his place uh, as a legend of the American independent scene. And this felt like, you know, just revisiting one of the great rivalries of the 2000s. Indeed, indeed. So I'm going to start with the thoughts with Reardon. Your thoughts on this match as you were watching it. Okay, so... It's a kind. It's interesting that you say that, um, Joseph, about like there being some bad blood between them both 
in and out of the ring like in like in real life not generally liking each other because when i first watched this match after i finished it i simply sent um the chat the the sweet chinwag chinwag chat um the pink floyd song titled brain damage because dear lord in heaven <laughs> as oh, i replied man. it's uh snug <laughs> god in heaven man Oh, just just hitting the crap out of each other so much. It is a great it is a great match to introduce people into uh, the the striking uh, resume of both Hero and Kingston. Yeah, I just uh, watching. It, I'm like, is this necessary? But apparently, considering the history, yes, it was all right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm sure there were there was a little bit more mustard into each elbow and chop from the pair of them in yeah. that match. Um, like, I, I would I will say, however, I will I will do say say this um quickly and like say say with all three matches, I have to say of the of the wrestlers you never knew like trilogies that Sam has sent me. These are the ones that have been the hardest to rank because all of them are great. Like all yeah. of them are great. There wasn't a single match that, like, normally there's a match that I, don't, I generally don't like, or I think is a bit. Uh, no, all of these matches are great for different reasons, and I think this is the most hard hitting. I'm going to the back of the head thing is nasty. I don't <laughs> like that. Don't care for that. <laughs> don't care for that. Oh. oh lord, especially considering it was like uh, I can't remember if it's this one or the match. In Brody Lee, where it's just in a in a in a church. <laughs> well, no, because I had that as I had a note as this one where it feels weird that this match is taking taking place in like a school gym. Yeah, that's yeah. right. <laughs> that's where all of the indie classics happen in some yeah. random school gym. Because <laughs> I was like looking at it and I was just like, okay, I see like a banner up on the wall, and I'm like, why? And I just see another banner <laughs> at the background, just like basketball champions, like two thousand, <laughs> like two thousand eleven. And I was like, oh, so we're in a school here. It's the true aesthetic of the American Indies. It's either armories, it really high school yeah. gyms, or it's some like it's, dingy it's pub. Like, I was gonna say it's like the Churchill in British wrestling. Yes, it really is. Uh... But yeah, so no, I really enjoyed it. Just two people wanting to give the other a concussion <laughs> uh dad uh any any thoughts <laughs> any thoughts on this one as well yeah no um i think a lot of the essence i got of it and kind of knowing bits about these guys before is it definitely buoyed that feeling of like uh two gunslingers going to make their final stand mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like I like the elements of playing up the fact that they know each other. Yeah. Spending time like sizing up each other, taking turns, talking, taunting each other. I like that because it had and like I think one of the things I liked about this was it had a real kind of it had a distinct sense of kind of realism about it. Mm. There were lots of little things that kind of embody the sense of like real rivalry that they have. <clears throat> going on between it um i mean as ever very few people hit an elbow or a forearm like chris hero 
uh, and my God, you could you could hear it. And I think it was I think it was a line from the commentary, but they kind of started talking about it like human chess. Yeah. Yes. And mm. I feel like that's so appropriate for this because I know a lot of people would probably look at the pace of the match and go, "Oh, that's very slow and plodding," but it, it feels very deliberate. Yeah, <laughs> more than anything else. Um, and I think the best bit about it is that all the changes because of that feel quite natural. Mm. It doesn't feel like anyone's like all of a sudden gaining a bunch of energy and. <laughs> <laughs> popping off and doing like every single move that they have in their in their move set it's like things are changing as to as and when they need it um i love like the tiny things of like kingston using the ropes to support himself after being kicked mm, yeah and then like bounding off the ropes to stop himself from falling down <laughs> it's just those tiny things i'll say again small motion kickouts are the best Yes. More people yeah. need to use them in major companies. <laughs> no one wants to um, take the Yokozuna bump that Randy Savage did at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> my God, no. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, and then just kind of as we got to the, the ending stretch, I think the thing that I most liked about it was obviously because they've wrestled so much, they could just have something ready to counter the other person. Yeah, because like it ma it makes sense in my head. If you know that some, if you know worked with someone before and you've wrestled someone, you you'd know what to look out for. Um, mm. and then as they get to like the the far ending stretch, it's like they're hitting each other with their finishes, but they're so tired that they don't have impact. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I, it, what... It's it's a moment I know loads of people would probably deride because it'd be like, oh, indie people hitting finishes and it having no effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I genuinely feel like it was a really important bit of storytelling to include that moment. Yeah, also I think a really great storytelling moment, which I always enjoy in wrestling. But it, it's the it's the why won't you die moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And with Eddie, I, and the way Eddie Kingston did it was just beautiful. It's just like just stop getting up. He looked because he looks like it's part angry and part I am begging you to. I am begging you to die. <laughs> no, that was oh, that is a tremendous moment. I say to, uh, like, to a lot of people because I I really recommend this match uh, to a lot of people if they're really getting into the independence and really want to know more, especially about these two. I always hmm. say as well is that if you really want to have a great. I'd say a great introduction to the the intricacies of King's Road. This is probably this is probably a good match to start because I'd say this is more King's Road light than it actually is King's Road if you yeah. get my drift. Mm. <laughs> and um, I mean I think, these I think guys the were massively inspired it. by Masara and Kawada and that is absolutely evident in this match as well was it the, was it the match pacing or like the seven backdrop drivers <laughs> yes um, <laughs> um no it, it was quite it was it was quite cool because it was it was a different kind of structure mm. to what you normally get out of your tip i guess what you call your typical american style match indeed indeed it, um, it was very much about the struggle 
than anything yeah, else. Very much so. Very. I, much I think so. that's an interesting point you bring up about structure. Uh, Chris Hero recently started up uh, his own podcast, and I believe he mentioned something in the first episode where he said something along the lines of. When you're established as a major star or a major babyface, you don't really need to spend the time in your matches to set things up in a particularly logical way. Mm. And uh, I think that he kind of employs a little bit of that. Him and Eddie both employ that here, where it's understood that these guys uh, have a rivalry. They famously hate each other. And so... After they do the stare down, you know, just for the people who don't know yet, they have this stare down, they put it over on commentary, and then they just cut they just cut straight to the second and third act of a typical match where they just start hitting each other and going absolutely nuts with the violence. So they were able to use that shorthand and their particular reputations to just cut straight to the good stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just like they're there and they stare down and then um, Chris Hero just goes straight in with like a bicycle pump kick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Um, let us hear your ratings for this match and we'll go from Reardon, Dan, Joseph and myself. <laughs> All right. I, I'm going to give this four stars. Just a hard pumping, hard hitting match. And I, I don't know if I want to see something like that again because it's just, <laughs> oh, ow, 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 ow. Oh. <laughs> uh, I have gone for four and one quarter stars. It is high impact, brutal, but a perfect sum up of ideally what a rivalry match should be. I also have this at four and a quarter. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a perfect introduction to who these two guys are and kind of what they are to each other. And uh, it, it's, it's, it's a great way to start learning about the career of Chris Hero, but especially Eddie Kingston. Mm. Agreed. Uh, that is a four out of five for me. Uh, four stars, I should say. Um, and as you said, and you brought up in your five match primer, this is a great, not only a great introduction to these two, but a great introduction into the lore of Eddie Kingston. Um, yeah, absolutely tremendous match. Okay, second match. Eddie Kingston versus Brody Lee from Chikara in 2012. Joseph, again, please set the stage. <laughs> so uh, Eddie Kingston had won the Grand Championship at the end of 2011. It was in the finals of a year-long round-robin tournament called the 12 Large Summit which was done uh, in memorial to the late, great Larry Sweeney, who was a close friend of uh, Eddie Kingston and a lot of the people on the Chikara roster. So his, his winning it was a, a real important moment for the company. This was their first uh, world championship, uh, despite being around since 2002. Uh, they waited nine years to pull the trigger on that, and it really felt like a decisive crowning moment for Eddie. Now, during the 12 Large Summit, uh, Brody Lee actually received an injury that forced him to forfeit most of his block-level matches. So this match was kind of set up as a, um, as, a, as a kind of way to make up for him missing out on the tournament. And it also coincides with him signing with the WWE. So this was actually his last match with Chikara. 
Thank you very much for that, Joseph. I feel there needs to be more, a bit more grandiose in the introduction of you setting the scene. I'll, I'll do that for the last one, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> How much more grandiose are you going to get? Or I'll get a brass to, band. Like, I'll, I'll, English. <laughs> I'll get a brass band. I'll get the whole nine yeah. works. I'll get the Royal Guard to come do a 20, uh, 21 gun salute. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Reardon, please, Thoughts and Feelings. Oh, okay. Thoughts and Feelings. Um... Between this and the next match, Eddie Kingston is so New York it hurts. My <laughs> God, one hundred percent, so New like because he's like not you, and you just hear that accent, and I'm like, is he putting this on? Is he like, no, like emphasizing absolutely it? Absolutely not. Literally, just that New York he is I, that New York. I can smell the pizza. When someone gets announced as being from Yonkers, like yeah, Eddie Kingston is what I imagine. <laughs> yeah, it is quite frankly ridiculous. Uh, another great match. Um, I, I especially like the um, Brody Lee being ridiculously quick. Being able to lift his leg up much farther than a man his size should be able to. <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> I'm he like making big boots that almost look like he's doing yoga stretches. <laughs> oh, it's just it's just I, I especially love the repeated I'm going Eddie Kingston's going to chop and then Brody Lee chops him and he's like, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you can just see the instant regret every time. It is fantastic. It also shows like, like how actually quite very strong Bro uh, not Bro um, Eddie Kingston is. Mm. But being able oh, to, yeah. to lift up um, Brody Lee quite handedly and do weird ass Hurricane Rana crap on him. <laughs> oh yeah, that spot. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just like, how did that happen? That's, that's <laughs> not that's not possible. <laughs> if, Welcome if, to Takara. <laughs> I know. Um, if I was to make a complaint, and it's a it, in in it's just a tiny, tiny atom-sized complaint, I would say it the mid the middle part of the match goes ever so too slowly i don't know what it is maybe they were just maybe they were just it might have been just like they were a bit gassed and especially with um brody lee coming back from injury it might have just been that needing to take a little bit too much time so it lost me for like a millisecond and then went right back up that's the only complaint i have though mm -hmm. just a great match from start to finish <laughs> Really good wrestling psychology, as you can see Brody Lee just walking around in a basic cold rage the entire match. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan, your thoughts and feelings on this one? Uh, <clears throat> just some preliminary ones. It's just it, it always feels uh, strange to me now seeing Brody Lee pre WWE. I don't know why, because obviously I've seen I've seen this match before. Mm. But um, it's mm. always just quite interesting seeing it. And can I just say, the entire aesthetic around this match is just so Chikara. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It's though it's like the ring that's in like some school sports hall. You can see the sound desk. No, no, I think that's the church. That's the church. <laughs> Eddie Kingston cutting the promo in the supply room where they keep the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> 
just something and like the 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 ring that's arguably too small for men of that size <laughs> <laughs> and the famed chikara incredibly loose ropes <laughs> <laughs> something about it is just the pure essence of chikara yeah um but no i i really liked um i really liked a lot of it um Brody kind of entering the match and then immediately threatening the ring announcer with violence. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, that was its its own kind of payoff. Uh, there was yeah. like a running gag where Brody would always try to chase off Gavin and kind of threaten him. So the fact that Brody mm. actually finally got the big boot on him <laughs> in at the bell. It, it was kind of a culmination of that small story, and it's a, a, a kind of it's a it it's it's a it's a credit to the kind of storytelling that Chikara was able to do for a long period of time. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Again, just lots of the small things from Eddie that I really loved, like when he's in the corner and or like when he's down on his knees and he's putting his hands up to try and defend himself. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. I just have to say, the, the the sleepwalker suplex is a thing of beauty. Oh, it really is. <laughs> like it has no right. It arguably has no right looking as good as it does being done on the man the size of Brody Lee, but it is fantastic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Honestly, my 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 big things about this is I loved how as much of it was Brody Lee against the ref as it was against Eddie <laughs> yeah. Kingston. Oh, it just Bryce added another bug. kind of layer into it. <laughs> um and then just in terms of my one of my favorite things about it um and i think this is a, a, a testament to eddie kingston and how he can i mean i'm guessing he how he can work things throughout a match when he hit the german suplex with the bridge but he let go of the pin because he hit his own head yeah uh, making him lose the grip oh yes <laughs> It's such a small thing, but I love it though because it shows implications. Yes. It shows that things have effect. Because he's done it, he's hit it, he's got the bridge, but he's had to let go, hurt his head, and now he's selling the head. Eddie Kingston might be one of the best sellers of all time. He is Oh, absolutely. Ab- yeah. He is so masterful at it. Like every time. And this doesn't just go to those kind of um uh, critically acclaimed kinds of selling that we all love where he he's great at looking like he's knocked loopy or he's uh selling a limb which he's famously always selling a bad leg uh it it's also the kind of crazy athleticism that he has where he's an incredibly underrated bumper he will take high flying maneuvers and you know get beaten up by a big guy like brody and do it incredibly smoothly. Like uh, anyone who's been watching his recent run on AEW television, like he was bumping like a maniac for both uh, Lance Archer and Pac in their recent yeah. matches. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has that kind of mobility, but chooses to only let it come out because he's taking offense, I feel like that's such a credit to him and how he approaches wrestling the kind of philosophy he has with wrestling yeah the one i always pointed to in terms of AEW was in his match against park and kind of 
I, I think a lot of people were kind of undervaluing the fact of how Eddie Kingston was selling for a person who kind of models their offense on being a lot quicker, a lot faster, and kind of high-impact striking, but he blended perfectly with it. Yeah. Especially the bumps into the corner. <laughs> he is a he master of nuance as well, I'd say. <laughs> like, it's the tiny things that I, I feel like... Nowadays, most people tend to miss, but he's just able to... I, I can't explain it how good he is at selling. Like well, honest, honestly, my 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 only arguable complaint with this match was the commentary. Yeah. And my only mm. and my only issue with that was that sometimes the commentary sounded like they'd been teleported out of like a fifties TV show. <laughs> and now I hear Brody Lee with a suplex at the pin. No. <laughs> I was. It was one step away from what a maneuver. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Alright then, uh, your final ratings for this match. Uh, we'll do the same again. We'll go from Reardon, Dan, Joseph, and then myself. Yeah, another four stars for me. Uh, just a solid, great match. If if we're looking through like degrees of like decimal points, I would re rate the previous match higher, but only by like degrees that cannot be seen by the human eye. They're both just great <laughs> matches. Awesome, Dan. I will go for four stars. Again, fantastic match. Great working between uh, two big men. Lots of fantastic technical work. Lots of fantastic character work. Um, and just an all-round really, really strong performance between the two. Four stars. I also go four and a quarter for this one. I thought it was just perfectly paced. Uh, they never really let up for a second, which is wild given the size of both men. Mm. Uh, they hit hard. They bump hard with some gnarly suplexes. It's just an excellent uh, main event style title match. Mm. Four stars from me. It's it's it is a great ebb and flow, and it never feels. When I went back to watch it, it did not feel like twenty minutes. Um, and man, because it was just great moment after great moment after great moment after great moment. And as well as watching this at the end of this, man, do I miss Brody Lee? <clears throat> Absolutely, we all do. <laughs> all right, then with match three, the finale. The final match and the one I was saving because it's... I'm going to say it now. It's probably one of in my top 25 favourite matches of all time. It is Eddie Kingston versus Claudio Castagnoli from Chikara 2009. The respect match. Joseph, the floor is yours. So, basically, uh, they had a trilogy in 2009 and when I saw that we were going to watch the respect match, I actually went back to see the trilogy in full because I really wanted to understand the context going into this. And uh, there's a lot of history. Chikara does really long-term storytelling, especially in that time when guys could stick around on the indies. Claudio used to be in the heel stable, the Kings of Wrestling, alongside Chris Hero, who, as we already discussed, is one of Eddie's great rivals. So because of that, Eddie never really trusts Claudio. Even after Claudio has turned babyface, he's accepted by the Chikara crowd. Uh, Eddie, as a heel, just doesn't trust him, doesn't like him. And that is sort of the catalyst going into this match. Uh, at the start of the year, they have a match at the Anniversario event. And 
Claudio is basically flexing on Eddie through the whole match. He's showing off his wrestling skills, his athleticism, his power, all those crazy good things that Claudio can do. And Eddie's scraping by, you know, using his brawling abilities, uh, his striking, some shortcuts like going to the eyes. But in the end, it's actually Eddie who wins the first match with a cradle, like a really simple wrestling cradle. So he sort of outmaneuvered and out-wrestled Claudio in that first match. They had a rematch a couple months later at the Young Lions Cup. And in that match, Claudio's a little more aggressive. You can tell that he's really pissed off that he lost the first match. He actually does a promo before this match saying that he thinks Eddie is beneath him. Uh, Eddie's just a street thug. Claudio's a real wrestler. He's going to embarrass Eddie out there tonight. It's just that Eddie keeps fighting back. He's so scrappy. He's so aggressive. He never gives up in the fight. And Claudio ends up having to take a very, you know, a very not too credible count out victory over Eddie. So already we're kind of seeing hints of Claudio just trying to scrape by, kind of just trying to take what he can get against Eddie Kingston. And that all leads into the final respect match which is at the season finale of Chikara for 2009. It's their last event of the year. And Eddie brings in all this history with Claudio. They used to be roommates, and there was a personal falling out. And neither man really just has much respect for the other. They hate each other, and through the course of the match, both of their true colors really get revealed. Indeed. Uh, before I get onto the thoughts and feelings, I want to just bring up God, is Eddie Kingston so good at promos? <laughs> this beginning, uh, oh, the promo like leading said, up Like I said, match. AJ Styles is obnoxiously good at wrestling. Eddie Kingston is obnoxiously good at promos. Whether mm. a face or a heel, you, you believe every single word that comes out of Eddie Kingston's mouth. And he gives it a slot. Even a simple match, he gives it a lot more grandiose nature. It's more... Like, it feels more like an epic battle he's about to go into. So yeah, no, I wanted to bring that up. Whenever he talks, I just feel like I can get behind him. <laughs> exactly. I wanted to bring that up because that promo before the matchup uh, on this match is just outstanding. Brilliant work from him. Anyway, thoughts and feelings on this match. Reardon. So, like I said, all of these matches are fantastic. I've, I've never had a harder time rating like rating which one i think is better than the other and it was the same with this one when it started off with a real like it starts off with a bang and it just keeps going that the momentum in this match is a, a sight to behold mm. but then then claudio did a springboard kick to eddie's face and then i realized it was one of the greatest matches i'd ever seen in my life <laughs> oh the bottom the the move that I try to describe and it goes like over it goes like over the margin where it's like step up corner springboard big boot. <laughs> yes. And that's when I realized I was watching a masterpiece. It's actually wild. In their earlier two matches in the year, Claudio actually consistently goes through this sort of twisting springboard cross body off the top. Yeah. And in the first match, he nails it. It's beautiful. Uh, it's insane that a guy that size is doing it. Uh, and in the second match in the Young Lions Cup, 
Eddie actually is kind of ready for it. He has a counter ready. So as soon as Claudio's coming towards him for the crossbody, Eddie just swats him with a lariat out of the air. So that yeah. might explain why Claudio had to change it even a little bit more just to kind of get ahead of Eddie in this right. match. Well, I, I've, I've always said that um, Claudio's uh, springboard European uppercut is a thing of art. Yes. <laughs> he has it perfected. It, 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 is a, it is a match where I've watched Claudio, who I know as Cesaro. So, <laughs> so, so, so forgive me if I just call him Cesaro for a bit. Right? <laughs> so this is a match where I watched, I watched Cesaro one, not age a single goddamn day from like <laughs> no, he has 10 years ago. He it really is, has not. He, 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 I will say it, he ages in black people time it is <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> not lost a, not even a single step switch and it, don't crack <laughs> just switch age like a swiss watch just and watching him go i just got like it, it is a meme but not really a meme among the sweet chin wag about how much we hate how little utilized Cesaro is. And me watching this just made me over just a, absolutely like gritting my teeth in anger because he's just so good. He's so good. I, I There's nothing more I can say. He moves like a superhuman. Every single, every single movement, every single piece of selling, every facial, it's just art. It's just pure art, man. Oh my God, what a match. Hmm. Oh, so Dan, you go, man. I'm yeah. <laughs> so just starting off with my, uh, my intro bits again, the promo is fantastic. Absolutely love it. Um, it, it always, again, it, I don't know what it is in my head that makes me feel like it feels weird that that's in Chikara, but something does. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, just to say, really like the set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. Like, it was a really nice set. Mm. Um, the choice of music for Eddie Kingston using the Ennio Morricone <laughs> uh, was very much inspired. Um, and then just because I mentioned it to you guys before, and I feel like I have to mention it, the group of uh, the the audience ch chanting ricola possibly not knowing what ricola is but doing it anyway which is like <laughs> fantastic to me which people don't know ricola is a brand of swiss cough sweet <laughs> yeah <laughs> so just hearing people chant it with like energized fervor just sounds really <laughs> funny to me we've all well that's uh, what claudio coughs. was calling his finisher at the time the ricola bomb mm. yeah yeah <laughs> Um, great power bomb variation by the way now, i did bring that up in my in the last episode it's one of my yeah. favorite moves um yeah i really like this because uh i guess in a i guess in a sense it it's kind of the the inverse of the chris hero match here sense in which it starts off at a million miles an hour and never stops <laughs> um this is just to say uh i absolutely love machine gun chops I would love to see them in more common use. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think this just really shows the two of them, you know, really showcases the kind of the best of their skills. Um, you know, the insane power from Claudio, 
with things like the deadlift gut wrench on Eddie Kingston of all people. Yeah. Oh, how uh, ridiculously <laughs> strong. It's so how he's able to rag even I, how he, is he a person? Yes. He is he is the closest thing I've ever seen to an actual superhuman. It's absurd <laughs> the things See, Claudio like, can do. The, the thing is, right, a man with his power, I would expect to be built like a fridge. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I look at him and I go, there's no way he's that strong with that kind of build. But he is just pure power. It's so crazy. He just he's just like he has core strength, like I cannot even contemplate. So the fact that he's just there is able to deadlift Eddie and do the and do the throw is insane. Did we mention um, where massive Claudio stands, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> um I really like the uh catching single arm powerbomb. That was yes. a fantastic spot. Um and like I, like I said that it just kind of highlights the two of them at their best. You have Claudio doing lots of big power lots of big movements springboards and things like that and then eddie kingston selling um and i think the biggest thing for this or at least as i understand it from the match in the context of the trilogy is it's kind of a, a changing of character in both of them mm -hmm. mm, yes because you have claudio goes from like the big moves and the flashy spots to desperation He's doing whatever he can. He's pushing like the ringside attendant into Eddie to get space. He's trying to win by count out. It it really sells the fact of like this is a man who wants to win. It doesn't matter how he wins, he just wants to win. Mm -hmm. And so then you get into the you get into the next stages where then like all of a sudden Eddie's gone from like this cocky heel to almost defiant babyface. Mm. You know, Eddie is just surviving. Doing Austin at, and Brett better than Austin and Brett. <laughs> you know, he, he is doing what he can to survive. Um, you know, the, the kickouts become finer and finer. And by the end, it's literally just him, like, just about bringing his shoulder up. <laughs> it really is such a beautiful match. Um, I actually had, like, renewed appreciation for it after watching uh the full trilogy mm. so they open of course where they both hit their respective finishers claudio immediately hits the ricola bomb eddie hits the back fist to the future and uh there's a great small moment uh early in the match where claudio uses the same cradle that eddie beat him with earlier yeah. in the year mm -hmm. uh and Eddie kicks out of it, and again, of course, referencing their second match, Claudio goes for that countout victory towards the end where he threw one of the ringside workers into Eddie, kind of like cementing every and validating everything that Eddie had said, that Claudio's a snake, you can't really trust him, hmm. he thinks he's better than everybody, and look, it, it, it's all coming to light. And I think what I love so much about the double turn in this match is that Eddie doesn't actually have to change anything about himself. There's no big shift on his end. He just remains himself. He's just the guy who will keep on fighting no matter what. And when he's put up against such a, such a slimy snake like Claudio becomes at the end of the match and kind of the overwhelming odds of Claudio's freakish athleticism, 
he's just the perfect baby face. He immediately becomes just the hero of Chikara for the next two, three years to come. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. That is funny that you say that because I'm I'm not going to lie. I was firmly on Claudio's side the entire damn time. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. wait, 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 there was a turn? It's like you get to the end though and then when it's like Eddie refuses to honor the stipulation. It, it's a it's a fantastic bit of character work because to my mind it's like it's a guy who's sticking to himself. Yeah. Rather than and it's, like it's I not know. included in the footage uh of this particular match, but Eddie is further validated later in the night. Mm. Uh for the people who don't know, I'm not sure if you guys had seen it, but later in that night, uh after the main event. Claudio actually gets revealed to be part of the BDK, the Bruderschaft yeah. des Croises, and they become just the big, bad, evil stable that tries to destroy Chikara for the next two years. So basically everything Eddie said about Claudio not being trustworthy, not worthy of respect, it all turns out to be completely 100% right, the way it was true for Chris Hero many years ago. It's such wonderful booking here and storytelling. Yeah, basically, I... I, I... I equate this match and the entire rivalry of these two with one sentence. This whole thing lives rent-free in my head. <laughs> I was going to say art, but I also understand that viewpoint. Yeah. 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 Just, There's so... a small moment in this match that I never stop thinking about, and I love it every time I see it. It's when Eddie has Claudio in the corner, and he's kind of peppering him with strikes, yes. and he's trying, he's trying to chop Claudio, right? But Claudio gets his arms up to block his chest. Yes. And Eddie looks at it and he's like, okay, you're blocking your chest. I'm just going to punch you in the face. It's such a beautiful, yeah. just a tiny adjustment that makes everything around it feel so real. I've, I've like always in... said that is the exact kind of thing I love in wrestling. <laughs> Master of nuance. <laughs> like... Because I know, I know it's it's super easy to look at wrestling with a super like critical realism lens and go, oh, that's not real. But like, I there's just there's just those small bits of like, yeah, if you were in the corner, you put someone's chopping you in the chest, you wouldn't get your arms up. So he just goes and hits him in the face. It's like, <laughs> okay, he's already thinking one step ahead. Yeah. All right. Um, I think it's pretty safe to say I know what your ratings everyone's going to give to this one, but uh, I'll say it. Right, final ratings for this match, Reardon. Five stars without question or a hint of like, just five stars. That's it. Uh, Dan? That's a five. <laughs> Joseph? Uh, I'm slightly a little more conservative on it. I go 4.5. Uh, it's still an absolute classic and genuinely one of the best matches of 2009. Yeah, I'm on the same with uh, with four. I was going to say 4.75, but then I realized I'm, that is that's being where I, That's where I was, but then I was like, hmm, do I do that? <laughs> oh, you know what? No, go on. Screw it. 4.75 stars there you for go. me. <laughs> Just absolutely tremendous. And as I said, this rivalry is probably one of the best rivalries in the late uh noughts of wrestling which then yeah. spilled over into the early tens um and then unfortunately 
it never came to a proper conclusion because Claudio ended up being signed to by WWE and then ended up, you know, having the career he has had, which should be more successful than it has been. <laughs> and now, and now, now it makes me feel even angrier because I feel like I feel like I'm I get so angry thinking about it. I'm gaining nosebleeds, especially seeing, think, especially seeing this match. Yeah, I think I think the big thing about this is that this should be. Uh, I guess I would say to anyone who doubts Claudio or Cesaro, this should be something to this should be something to look at. This trilogy should show you that he can handle big stories, and it should be to anyone who what who is interested in Eddie Kingston pre AEW should see a man arguably working at some of his best. Yeah. I believe it was commonly sort of rumored or kind of accepted that if Claudio hadn't left Chikara at the time he did in 2011, him and Eddie would probably have been the final of the 12 Large Summit, and Eddie would have beaten him to become the grand champion. Uh, so Claudio had to leave in the middle of the tournament, uh, and it ended up becoming Eddie versus Mike Quackenbush in the end, which is satisfying in its own way. Mm. But yeah, we're 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 really missing that kind of final decisive blow yeah, off the to finality. This feud. Yeah, one can only dream in their dream match card in their head if there was an ever an AEW WWE super card that that should be one <laughs> of the matches. <laughs> I mean, I pay good money for it, about nine ninety nine on the network. Uh... <laughs> 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 All right, and thus concludes those matches. So, next question I have to ask you, uh, Dan and Reardon, is do you like said wrestler after watching these matches? Yes, I am a very big fan of Claudio now that I've seen this match. And I think I will. I think I will take a look at, at some of his work, you know. It's <laughs> 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 not a wrong answer I mean, by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> Yeah. And also, I, mean, I do think I do also as well as that. I do think I will watch for Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah, that Eddie Kingston guy's pretty good as well. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he's alright. He's alright. I love this. Is now this is the much rumored and lauded Cesaro episode we have been planning to doing and teasing for ages. How that switched. Yeah, here's, what, here's what you get. Now you have to wait another seventy weeks before we finally get to it. <laughs> we just sneak it in, sneak it right in. All right, Dan. Uh, do you do you like Eddie Kingston more now after watching these matches? Um, I think it's given me a little bit more context on the man before, mm. and it's kind of making me remember, like, yeah, no, he he is exactly as good as I thought he was. <laughs> <laughs> it's also, I will say though, as a as a side note, we've really put it in there. It has given me a lot more drive to see out a lot more old Chris Hero matches. Yes, please, please do. Um, no, Eddie, Eddie, King, Eddie Kingston is Eddie Kingston is amazing, and just each one of these matches is a testament to each section of his skill set. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, one of the questions I always like asking you two is the one: is this one? Would you have liked Eddie and these matches if you had seen them at the time that they were shown? So, say if you were an ardent Chikara watcher in two thousand and nine, all the way up to. Uh, 2013 would you have been would you have liked them if you were there i would have been obsessed i would have been utterly obsessed i know me <laughs> uh well be it that i used to watch 
questionably <laughs> bootleg Chikara, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we d we don't condone that sort of actions, but you know, when I you're a British wrestling fan, confirm nor deny the <laughs> listen, means through which those videos were obtained. But I did listen, watch them, and they did have Eddie Kingston in them, and I did enjoy them. Listen, you can't say anything. However, if you're a British wrestling fan, do what you got to do. Exactly. <laughs> All right, and final question, as ever for these ones: Will you be going out of your way to watch more of Eddie Kingston after this? I feel like I've already answered that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, no, no, I perhaps. Think so. Perhaps I think I will have to uh, to take all of this in and really do a deep dive because they're they're around and I just need to find them. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking I might I'm after I did my deep dive on CZW, I might do a deep dive on Chikara. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna throw a final question out of here uh, just for my own amusement. For everyone, for everyone present, do you think Eddie Kingston should have won the AEW Championship at Full Gear? Yes or no? <laughs> absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. It, uh, knowing that what I know now, it's very confusing. I think he, I think he would have been a perfect foil to hold the title. Yeah. Um. I think you, for I think... me, it it was such it was such a sight. Uh, seeing him come out. In Misawa's colors, yes, at full gear. Yeah. Uh, famously, Eddie Kingston, big fan of All Japan nineties, and yeah. uh, if you if you follow his career, he's usually dressed in black and yellow yeah. uh, as a send up to Kawada, who is famously uh, kind of the loser of the group in the sense that he always lost his big matches, and in many ways, Eddie Kingston uh, was never really put in that spot. Uh, for most of his career, except for the Grand Championship run. So when he came out uh, last November in Misawa's colors for the first time, it made me think, man, he knows something I don't, and yeah. maybe he's going to win that title. <laughs> Same. Honestly, the essence of it is I looked and I went, this guy built an entire title feud after being told to get ready and be put in a title picture like four hours before it began. Give this man the title anyway. <laughs> what can he do with proper planning? <laughs> you know, absolutely. absolutely. Every time he's had something to sink his teeth into, mm -hmm. Eddie's just that kind of guy where you can just rely on him to make things feel big, feel important, feel real, which is so important in wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm still I, holding I, out I, hope. Can't, I can't remember what it was. I think it may have been from one of your videos. It was like in a business that sells being fake, being real is the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, it's always so apparent when you do see it. Like yeah. you see so much of what average wrestling is that when you see that spark of reality, of realism that just kind of cuts through everything else, you just kind of zone in on it and you you have to hold on to it because it's so rare and i feel like eddie kingston really embodies that absolutely absolutely and that is a great little sentence to to cap off this episode on of uh of all about eddie kingston so thoughts and feelings after that i love eddie kingston now even more so <laughs> <laughs> he is Again, the single most New York person I've ever seen. <laughs> it's almost distracting. <laughs> oh I, right. I don't know if that I don't know if that in my mind almost makes his promos better. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, it gives that real real I'm getting talked to 
next to a hot dog stand. <laughs> just getting shouted at by this random dude. P- POV, it's 2am and you're being shouted at in the bodega. <laughs> yeah, like it has real that energy and don't walk away from me when I'm trying to get back get to the subway to go to just leave this conversation. Cool, because that, that was the one in um the... I believe that was the one in the Moxie promo where you're just like, you look at me when I'm talking to you. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> just, just as a quick aside, one of my favorite things about those uh, Eddie and Moxley promos when they were doing the build-up for Full Gear, one of my absolute favorite things was that they were genuinely talking to each other, mm-hmm. like reacting to each other. They weren't just reciting their lines to each other. They were in the moment it's it felt so real uh he's such a great promo i think eddie uh describes it that when he's doing a promo he has to get into the mindset of himself at 17 when he's a troublemaker <laughs> he hates everyone the world is against him and it always comes through it's amazing yes that's, yeah. that's a good that's a good way to do it <laughs> fantastic okay before i do the ending part and uh, do what we need to do joseph would you like to let people know where you are, your socials, your handles, everything like that? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joseph Weirdness. You can find my blog at josephmontesilio.wordpress.com. And of course, there's my YouTube channel, uh, Joseph Montesilio. It's on YouTube. Uh, I know everyone's asking. The answer is yes. Next video will be a Walking the King's Road. <laughs> uh, I am working on that for you guys. Don't worry. And I'm very excited to share uh, what I've found from my latest batch of research. I cannot wait for it. And as as a little aside as well, um, being a massive fan of your work um, and been watching it over the past year, thank you ever so much for put, pumping out some great wrestling content. It's massively appreciated. Uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, taking the time. It's it, It's just me. It's just talking about wrestling. It's a thing that's always fascinated me and I'm happy to share my thoughts with people who care to listen. <laughs> no, thank you, man. Thank you. Same oh. as us. <laughs> same here. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Alrighty then. So, next episode, what we've got coming up. Oh, man, we've got a doozy of one. Like j- Just yeah. like we had with Best and Worst finishes, we're having another Best and Worst. This time, it is title designs. <laughs> We're going to split people in half about about discussing which intercontinental title design. Sam IWGP heavyweight title for for like forty minutes. Ah, the question. <laughs> well, the question is, which one though? <gasps> Crown belt. Crown belt. <laughs> I, I feel like this might be the one where I might seriously, seriously question some of your guys' mental faculties. This might, Ridden, this if, might... You say, if, Ridden, if you say the spinner belt, I am going to get a train to Kent and hurt you. Listen, yeah, we, we're going to talk about the spinner belt, and this is the time where we actually just get into a proper fight, you and me. So I think I'm just going to call you guys out preemptively. All right, I'm, booking, South, I'm booking a train on Southeast Rail right now. Uh, just, just, let's just... So I, I suggest we just fight now get it over with and then have the podcast i think that's the best way to do it joseph bearing witness here to the london coming out and all three of us <laughs> listen <laughs> all right then all that's left for me to say is that i've been sam this has been dan reardon and joseph and you have been listening to the sweet chinweb podcast we will see you 
on the next one. Bye, everybody. Later, later. It's our good partner.